Hi, my name is David Ost. I'm the summer ministry intern here at Marion Methodist. Today, we'll be reading from Colossians 3, verses 1 through 14. It says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's pray. Father, I want to I wanna pray for Pastor Mike today, and that, that you speak through him um, as he goes through your word, and that we hear your voice loud and clear coming from him, uh, so we can drown out all the noise that's happening around us, just to focus on your loving and kind words uh, here today. In your name I pray, amen. Good morning, Marion Methodist. Uh, what a great day it is today, June 7th, 2020. I'm happy to be here with you today, and I want to announce two things as I go into the sermon. First, um, we have already had our first baptism since we've been out, and you'll see it next week in worship. So if you're a family that's seeking baptism, even during this time of coronavirus, uh, we will baptize your child here in the sanctuary, record it, and then put it in with our Christian corporate worship uh, in a few days after that's done. Secondly, as you heard earlier in this worship service, we are now in the yellow phase of our reemergence. So small groups uh, are continuing to meet now. Some of them are choosing to come into the building. Um, others now, like Fly, we're here full-fledged. So um, we begin to say, welcome back. Here's your sermon today. I had a student, her name was Mindy, and she was um, probably in the words of the 90, very flamboyant. Uh, she used to wear these wild outfits, and she came into my office one day, she was one of my student workers, and she had these bright red, like a, like a, a candy cane striped pants, and this polka dotted purple thing on top, and she meant to do it. And I said, Mindy, what's up? And she says, Pastor Mike, every day's a fashion risk. And I thought, yeah, it really kind of is. I mean, we all wear our own kind of clothes and stuff like that, but I'll re always remember Mindy, who sometimes changed her hair color, uh, sometimes would have some outfits, you know, high boots and stuff that I just didn't get, but I always remember her saying, hey, every day's a fashion risk. You know, what we wear is important, an important aspect of our Christian faith. The Scripture says, as God's chosen ones, Holy and beloved, clothe yourself. The reason it says that is because we notice what people wear. 
Think about this if you saw a person wearing this. What, 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 do, you, what do you take a look at this? If, if you saw a person wearing this, you'd know right away, I'm looking at Adam or Eve. It was very fashionable, and people noticed what they wore. Well, they would have if there'd been people around, right? Take a look at this. When you see a sweater like this, you immediately think of Fred Rogers. That's kind of his deal. It's his like thinking. When you see somebody wearing a sweater, you're like, that's a Mr. Rogers sweater. As a matter of fact, as I did a quick Google search this week, that's actually a brand of sweaters, Mr. Rogers sweaters. Or take a look at this picture. This is the 70s, the Osmond brothers wearing the leisure suits. Now, when you see that, when you notice that, immediately what you think is, nobody should ever wear that again. Please, don't let anyone wear that again. No matter what you wear, people notice. What we wear says something about us. You know, if you were wearing a bright green jacket standing on a golf course, we would assume that you just won the Masters Championship. If, if we saw you wearing steel-toed boots and maybe had leather gloves in your hands, we knew for a fact that we would know for a fact you're off on a day of, of physical labor. And, of course, if you wore one of my favorite articles of clothing, the Marian Methodist t-shirt, we would know you love this church. We pick and put on what we wear every day. I mean, really, honestly, when I came over here this, this morning to, 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 to film the sermon, I didn't just fall into this uh, sport coat and slacks. It didn't just pop on me. It wasn't accidental. I was walking into the bedroom and whoop, it was on me. Nor did a roving band of butlers come and, and lay out my clothes and dress me. I don't think any of you have that. No, we pick out, we put on what we wear every day. Now, don't, don't mistake what this talk is about. It's not about fashion, but it is about what we wear. COVID has had an explosion of these programs like Zoom and GoToMeeting. And, and I get a kick out of the fact that, that when you're on a Zoom meeting, people only see you from here up. That's all they see. And so, of course, I know for a fact some of the times I'm on Zoom with you people that you're wearing shorts or you're wearing your pajama bottoms or... But I know one thing, nobody ever stands up for a Zoom meeting. Now, again, this is not about a TED Talk about clothing selection, though some of you truly need a little guidance. I, I know I fall into that sometimes. No, this is a simple sermon about holiness. And the way I'm going to push holiness today is that we pick out and we put on and we are to be seen wearing our Christianity. That's why Paul says, clothe yourself with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That begins with a decision. See, the scripture says, set your hearts on things above because we've been raised in Christ. When we're raised in Christ, our hearts get set on the things that are above us, that is the things of heaven. See, in the biblical understanding, your heart is the center and core of your being. It's the thing that drives your thoughts. It's the thing that actually drives your living and activity. It is what your character is seen on, seen as. So, when Paul writes, set your hearts, what he's saying is, decide what the center of your living will be. Being a Christian, you see, means a lot more than having good intentions. It is a decision to specifically wear and live our Christian faith. That is to say, we pick out, we put on, and are seen wearing our Christianity. So the core question today is, for the rest of your life, 
What have you decided to wear? What have you decided to pick out, put on, and wear? It decides, it begins, and it's interesting the way Paul tells this, and you can look this up in, in Colossians 3 if you don't have it open before you. He begins by telling us what we shouldn't wear, what we, what we better not as Christians wear. And he gives that, that long list of, uh, of sins and, and, and poor behaviors. Now, I know that probably, I don't know if this is true of every guy, I really don't, but I, I know and have uh, raised two women and live with another one currently, my wonderful wife. But I know when they're getting dressed, it seems like the first thing they do is this process of elimination. I have even heard once or twice in my own home when I have closets full of clothes that we have, quote, nothing to wear. But I know that it begins by saying, this is what I won't wear and then it thins down to this is what I will wear. And Paul in the scriptures uses, of course, our common experience. And he spiritually recommends the things we should not wear as Christians. And you see the list that David read a few moments ago. And beyond wearing them, beyond not wearing them, Paul says, not only should we not wear them, we need to put them to death. That means we don't hand them on. We don't take them to goodwill. We don't hand them down the generations such as it was. We are to put them to death. So the decision of what we're to wear advances from, not, from knowing what not to wear to choosing your own spiritual wardrobe. So the whole verse Paul writes is, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Pick and wear your own spiritual clothes. Now, I told you about one of my students at Simpson. Let me tell you about one of my colleagues at Simpson. One of my colleagues at Simpson's taught in the uh, economics department. Uh, his name was Mark, and he wore bow ties. You know, every college has to have a couple of professors or a president or somebody that wears bow ties. And I got to tell you, when you would see Mark walking across campus, and back in those days we had to wear coats and ties, uh, he was walking across campus, and when you saw him in that bow tie, you thought, bang, exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly what that guy should dress like. He looks perfect in a bow tie. As a matter of fact, when he starts talking, and when he didn't have a bow tie, if you were at a barbecue or something with him, you, you would think, I bet that guy wears a bow tie every day to work. That's who he was, but I tell you what, it's definitely not me. I, I, I probably put a bow tie on when I was in sixth grade, and they both clipped on, on both edges, but it's not me, and I tell you all that about his bow ties and who it is that we are. We have to understand when it comes to faith, another person's faith will not fit you. You simply can't wear it. I had a great friend years ago. Her name was Priscilla. She was, in two words, a prayer warrior. I remember one day she came in to talk to me about the concerns of the church, and it was about 11 o'clock in the morning, and she said, Mike, I just spent three hours with the Lord on my face praying. She, she was in her living room, and, and she just laid down on her face and prayed to the Lord about all the concerns for the people in the church. And she would oftentimes just take the directory and pray through the directory one by one, calling people out by names, sometimes even praying through their phone numbers and their internet and all that kind of stuff. But I remember she could pray and pray and pray. That was a faith that absolutely fit her. But I remember talking to her on that very same day, and I said, well, Priscilla, thank you for sharing that. Last night, I spent three hours uh, with the youth, helping them to grow in Christ. And she looked at me like saying, well, what a blessing, but don't ever make me do that. Because that wasn't her. That kind of faith didn't fit her. Laying on the floor for 15, 20 minutes, that fits me. 
It was her. Her talking to a couple of youth when they passed through the coffee room, that was her. But spending a whole night with them, not her. It wasn't her faith. We could have never worn each other's Christian faith or behavior. So we have to make sure we pick and wear our own spiritual clothes. And don't wear any spiritual hand-me-downs. Honestly, I've been in conversations, even in this congregation of faith, where uh, one of you said to me, well, my grandma, my grandma really believed in Jesus, so I do too. I want to believe like she does. And I said, I remember saying to this in, down the basement in the old church, I said, you can't wear her clothes. You wouldn't want to put on her granny outfit, would you? I don't know what a granny outfit anymore is because this is a grandpa outfit because that's what I wear. But you don't wear somebody else's clothes. At the, at the same time, I know that's looking up the generations, but in the, down the generations, I've had the same conversation here in this church where, where one of you came to me and said, my grandson had this amazing experience at Summer Games. They gave their life to Christ, and I want to believe like that. And I, I said, you can, but you can't believe the way he does. You can't wear his spiritual clothes. You have to wear your own faith. You pick and wear your own spiritual clothes, and then you make sure your spiritual clothes fit you. This is the time of year when we see college graduates uh, going out on job interviews in normal years, not in COVID-19 years. And I always get a kick when, when you see people that I know that wear, uh, you know, are going out to a suit, they, they, into an interview. They have a suit, but it rarely fits them real well. You know, they probably had a suit for a few years. Maybe they've grown in college, they got too big, or maybe they're borrowing their dad's shirt and they got a 15 and a half neck and they're wearing an 18 inch collar, but the fit's not good because it's not their own. We need to make sure that we get and wear our own spiritual clothes. We all have a favorite outfit, you know? Maybe you have a favorite outfit, two or three. You put it on and you say, man, I don't know about everybody else, but this feels good. This looks good on me. It fits right. Everything about it says me. And this is what we need to do with our spiritual lives. We have to make sure that our spiritual life fits us. And we need to make alterations. I know because of the, the make of body I have, I can't buy a pair of suit pants and wear them at the length they come because this is larger than this. So I always have had, for years, had to have my pants tailored at the bottom so that I don't drag them around and wear holes in them. When we grow in our faith, and even though I've grown, I don't grow any taller physically, our faith has to expand our wardrobe. We have to expand that wardrobe that we live in. I always tell our confirmation students, listen, you're 13 years old mostly when you get confirmed. Some of them are a little older. But when I meet you at 31, I pray to God that you don't have the same faith. You can't have a 1331 faith, and actually one of the tragic things in our culture today, the way we've set aside biblical study, the way we've set aside praying every day, the way we've set aside seeking signs and wonders in our lives, a lot of 31-year-olds have the same level of faith as 13-year-olds do. We can't have that. If you're going to be a Christian and you desire to wear your Christian faith, you have to continually expand your wardrobe, which means... Sometimes, like Paul says, you have to get rid of the things of your youth. You have to continually discard what no longer fits you in your faith. I have that rule in my own closet. One thing comes in, then one thing goes out. If I'm going to put something new in there, the old goes out. In our faith, the same thing. When we put something in that's more mature than where we're at a minute ago, then we put something new in the closet and take something out. The other thing I, I say about our wearing our spiritual clothes is you've got to get dressed. 
Don't let your faith hang in the closet waiting for you to put it out on some fancy spiritual occasion like Easter or Christmas or something like that. Way too many people wait for special occasions. Put it on. Wear wear your faith. Get dressed. Let it be your everyday apparel. Let it be what people see you. And be noticed for what you wear. Mr. Rogers is known for wearing those silly sweaters. Why not you be known for wearing your Christian faith? I mean, here we are in a moment where we've been at home for 12, 13 weeks. We have this great opportunity. We can get bigger waistlines. We can see outside. We can be in our yard. And we have all the tools that we need to grow our faith. Why not, during this time of kind of sheltering at home, why don't you be known for growing your Christian faith and for wearing your Christian faith in ways that represent your love for God? I mean, Mr. Rogers wore those sweaters so that we might know that, oh, he loves kids and he's wanting to be informal now and that sort of thing. Why don't we wear our faith in ways that represent our love for God right in front of others? Mr. Rogers never hid that he was putting on his sweater and we should never hide that we're putting on our Christianity. Remember, like Mindy used to say, Every day is a fashion risk. And wearing your Christian faith is a risk. I will tell you this because I know it to be true. If you wear your faith, you will become known for it. For it. You just simply will. John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, and others started at Oxford the Holy Club. They believed that the Church of England was going away from the teachings of the church. They believed that the Church of England had lost its spirit and heart and fire of Christianity. So they built a holy club where they desired to have holy lives holy tempers. They, they really, in a real sense, put on the clothes of their faith for all to see. And that six or eight or nine men that were there at Oxford were looked down on. They, they were called the most disgusting word that the others could think of, Methodists. The Methodists. The Methodists started, the whole terminology began uh, us knowing what our denomination is by others pointing to us and saying, we literally see your Christianity. We see you wearing your Christianity from the inside out, and therefore you're the Methodist. Listen, I will tell you this because I know it to be true. You will become known as a Christ follower, a disciple, a person who cares about other persons and loves everyone in the world. You'll become known as a Christian if you wear your faith. You're going to be noticed. You simply will. It's a risk. I know it. But once you start wearing it, people will notice. And as people notice, their perceptions of you will change. In the eyes of some, you will rise way up because they need a Christian in their life. Or they're happy to have another one nearby them. In the the lives of others, because of your morality, because you're living uh, the ethic of your faith, their perception of you is going to go down. That's okay, because I do want to make this one warning. Not wearing your faith when you know where the clothes of it are is a far greater risk, far greater risk to not wear the clothes of your faith. Because if you don't wear the clothes of your faith, you likely won't be noticed here or in the kingdom. You just fade in with everyone else. So big question as we go. For the rest of your life, what are you going to wear? What are you going to wear? It's a choice. How about compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience? I'll tell you what, the Apostle Paul says that is a good ensemble. That makes a good, uh, uh, a good outfit to wear and bind it all together with love. That's the word of God for you on this beautiful day here in June. Will you pray with me? Lord God, allow us 
take seriously the wearing of our faith. Give us the courage to be fearless in, in reaching out to others in every creed and color of skin, that, that we in, in wear the clothes of faith that are versatile enough to embrace the variety in which you have made us. Lord God, let our very living be seen as a beacon of Christianity in our lives, in our living, and in our appearance. This is our prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So every week when we gather in real life, um, which we're gathering right now, by the way, in real life, uh, we take an offering. And I know that nobody's going to pass a plate there in your home, but it really is important for us to, to hear the words of why we give an offering. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus says, let your light shine before all people that they may see the good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus says, wear the clothes of your Christianity. Let's take a minute. Let's embrace the uh, musical blessing. And would you pray and dedicate your own offering?